Thank you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. The Exodus is our brand new series about God's salvation coming through in a time when people are scared and vulnerable. In the series, we also look at questions about finding our identity, our purpose in life, and how to find hope in unprecedented times. Join us in this epic journey where we will discover redemption, identity, and hope. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. For more information, visit www.cityhillglobal.com. Hello everyone. Thank you for being part of our meeting today. And I trust you've enjoyed our time together when we had communion earlier on during our meeting. So we continue our series from the book of Exodus and we'll be looking at Exodus chapter 17 together. So after crossing the Red Sea, the nation of Israel is being led by God to the promised land. Now, what was God teaching them on this journey towards the promised land? Deuteronomy 8, 2-3 gives us an idea that God was humbling this nation. He was testing them and he was teaching them his laws. God was finding out if this nation will still keep his laws on their journey to the promised land. Now, we... Also, just like the children of Israel, are pilgrims. We have been redeemed when we came to Christ. His blood has set us free, so we've crossed over from death to life. And we are also on a journey to our promised land. And on this journey to our promised land, we are also going to be faced with difficulties. We are going to be faced with challenges. But on this journey, God is teaching us. He is teaching us to trust Him, to love Him, and to follow His commands. So today, what can we learn when Israel camped at Rephidim in Exodus chapter 17 in the wilderness? Now at Rephidim, Israel was thirsty for water. There was no water for the people to drink. And that was a physical provision. But how did the nation of Israel respond to this difficulty in Rephidim? They quarreled with Moses and they grumbled against him. They asked Moses, give us water to drink. They demanded. And they went even on asking Moses, did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us, our children, and our livestock with tests here in the wilderness. And not only that, they also ask, is God really with us? Complaining and grumbling just as they did earlier on. But deep down, there was still a lot of Egypt, as we can see in the nation of Israel. When difficulties came their way, we could see ungratefulness beginning to show forth. This friend's unself-centeredness began to show itself. Immaturity and insecurity began to show forth in the face of difficulty. So the Israelites, just like us, 
have to learn that God sometimes uses the everyday experiences of life to test us. He allows challenges to come our way to strengthen our faith and mature our character. You might be asking, why would God allow 600,000 men plus women and children to camp at Rephidim in the wilderness without water? Was God being wicked? No. Again, we need to remember, when difficulties come our way, it's either a test to make us better, or they could become a temptation that could make us worse. How we respond in the face of difficulty, challenges, will determine how we all come out of it. God's purpose is that when difficulties and challenges come our path, on our journey to the promised land, we remember the promises he gave to us when we were in Egypt. We must be asking ourselves, what did Israel do in this time when they were confronted with this difficulty? And just like them, what is our first reaction in the face of difficulty? We live in a world that wants everything instant. And when God's promises, as he has given to us already, we don't find answers. Sometimes we even question God's presence with us. We question his provision. We even question if he's still protecting us. We must ask ourselves, did this nation trust that God could provide them water here, even in the wilderness. Was God able to provide water? Yes, he was able. And when God does not provide the water you need immediately, it does not mean that God has denied you. Neither has he forsaken you. But let's remember, God put to shame all the gods of Egypt. We saw that when we studied on the 10 plagues that God brought upon Egypt. Who, who did God do this for? He did it for the nation of Israel. He drowned the armies of Pharaoh in the Red Sea. He opened the Red Sea for the nation to walk on background. Can this God be trusted when we find ourselves facing difficulties? Yes, my friends, this God can be trusted. But sometimes in our weaknesses, we even doubt if God is really with us. Sometimes we feel God has abandoned us. And sometimes we feel God is no more with us. But his promises are yes, and his promises are amen. So what did Moses do when this nation complained and grumbled against him? Moses went to God and he cried unto the Lord. And what did God do? God gave Moses a promise. The Lord says, I will stand before you there on the rock. That was a promise God gave to Moses. What is that teaching us? God is always present with us in our difficulties. Friends, he hears us when we call. He is an ever-present help 
in our times of trouble. His promise is that he will not leave us, neither will he forsake us. When we go through the fire, God says he will be with us. When we go through water, he says he is going to be with us. He will not leave us alone. God then told Moses what to do. You shall strike the rock. So the rock was the source where God was going to provide the water for the nation of Israel. This is what God told Moses. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. And you shall strike the rock. And water shall come out of it. And the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Exodus chapter 17 verses 6. So God appeared to Moses and instructed him to strike this rock with his staff that he held in his hands. And what did the nation of Israel see? Water flowed out miraculously unto them. There in the wilderness. Friends, the rock is Christ who was smitten for us on the cross for our salvation. And this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Isn't that encouraging? That rock was Christ. You can say hallelujah to that. So instead of God striking the nation of Israel for their ungratefulness, their grumbling, their quarreling with Moses, God strike the rock on the cross. So instead of God striking us, friends, for our failures, God struck his son. And like the rock, when Christ was struck on the cross, water flowed from his side. And not only that, blood also came out. So Jesus died the death we deserve to have died. So that now, by believing in him, we drink the water of life that leads into eternal life. John 7, 37 to 38. Jesus gave us the water we desperately needed, friends. On our wilderness and at Rephidim, our thirst, Jesus provided us the water we needed there. And that water could only come by God striking him on the cross, on our behalf. Now, in John chapter 4, we see the Samaritan woman who was also thirsty for something. But for physical water, she went to a well to get water. When Jesus met this Samaritan woman, Jesus promised her living water, a spring of water welling up into eternal life. The woman said to Jesus, Give me this water, sir, so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water again. As I speak to you, there are many who are still thirsty 
in this world. Many are thirsty for significance. Many are thirsty for power. Some are thirsty for money. Some are thirsty for recognition. The list goes on. And some are thirsty even for sex. And for some, the only way to quench this thirst is by watching things on the internet they should not be watching. Others by injecting things into their body. But somehow, they wake up and realize the thirst is still there. So we, just like the nation of Israel, are thirsty and we needed water to quench our thirst. So Christ came into the wilderness that I find myself, you find ourselves, and the nation of Israel found themselves. Matthew 4, 2 to 4, and in Luke 4, 3 to 4, we see Christ in the wilderness. Why was Christ in the wilderness? Because the nation of Israel could not pass the thirst. We, just like them, couldn't pass any of the thirst. In the face of our difficulties, we grumble. We question even if God is with us. So in this wilderness, Jesus succeeded where Israel failed. Forty days he was tested and he was tempted by the enemy. But you know what? Jesus prevailed victoriously over the enemy in the wilderness. He did not yield to temptation like Israel. He didn't grumble. But he was obedient even to the point of death. He lived a life we couldn't live on our own in our wilderness. So that through Christ, we can say like Paul, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So we can see that at Rephidim, Israel wasn't only thirsty for water, but something else happened on their journey to the, to the promised land. There was an attack. An enemy attacked them at Rephidim. What was that teaching us? This is teaching us that just like Israel, on our journey of faith, on our journey to the promised land, we do not only experience trials involving our need for bread and water, but we are faced with enemies and battles we have to fight. So in this journey, when we are faced with enemies and battles we have to fight, let's see how the nation of Israel responded to this as well. Moses instructed Joshua to go down and to fight these enemies in the valley. And he went up on the hill. He was there with Aaron and Har. So as Moses held up his hand, God prevails over the enemies. But who were these enemies? And let's remember, these are the first enemies Israel had to face after leaving Egypt. They had not faced any enemies yet. So who were these enemies that Israel had to fight at Rephidim? They were the descendants of Esau, Jacob's brother. And we remember, Esau sold his birthright for a morsel of meat. Esau was the type who lived for the world. So he represents the fleshly pattern that keeps coming back, even though we have left Egypt. 
even though we have crossed over and we are on our way to the promised land, the world, the flesh, and then the enemy. So like Israel, there is a battle between the children of light and then the powers of darkness, even though we are on this journey onto the promised land. In Ephesians 6, verses 12, Paul says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness and against spiritual forces in the heavenly places. How did they defeat this enemy? As Moses held up his hands on top of the hill, Aaron and her was holding up his hands when Moses gets tired and Joshua kept fighting down in the valley and fighting the enemy. Friends, this teaches us that in our battles we must always fight. Remember that we do not only win by just fighting physically. Why? Because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. But we fight by lifting up our hands to God and calling on him, telling him, God, that it is in your control. Our fights, our battles, God is in your control. We can come to his throne of grace and ask him to help us, give us mercy, show us how to win when we are faced with enemies, when we are faced with attacks on our journey to the promised land. Because in his presence, he has promised to give us victory. He has already prevailed over these enemies that are on our way to the promised land. So friends, instead of complaining and murmuring, just as we saw Israel doing all this time when they are faced with difficulties, we can come into God's presence and we can call on him like Joshua. Why? Because God needs us as men and women who will take the gospel, the good news of what he has done for us right from Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, feeding us, even with manna, providing water. All that God has done, God needs us to take this message to the world. God needs us to stand in this world when we see injustice like we saw in Egypt. God wants us to fight it. Fight it with prayer. Fight it with the good news of what he has done already. And serve the needy. Why? God served us even on our journey to the promised land. So friends, in conclusion, Moses points us to the ultimate intercessor. Just as Moses' hands were lifted and Joshua fought there, Jesus Christ became our ultimate intercessor. We have a greater mediator who lives and always interceding for us. As said in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 25. And like Joshua, Christ is our ultimate warrior and savior. He came to fight and defeat all our enemies. He came to die in our place so that we will not be afraid when the enemy comes against us. Jesus also teaches us that he is the true and the better Israel who passed the thirst in the wilderness triumphantly when we failed and could only grumble and could even test God and not appreciate what God even has done. 
for us. Today, may I ask you, where are you on your journey to the promised land? Do you find yourself at a referendum where you need God to quench your thirst? You find yourself at a place where you are stuck in grumbling. You are stuck and even questioning God and his promises for you. Can you ask him even to come into your life today? Can you ask him to come and quench your thirst? And can you ask him to come and fight the enemies, fight the battles that you are fighting right now? I want you to come before him and you just pray this time. Ask him to come and fill you with his spirit. Ask him to come and take over what, you, what is confronting you right now. And he is present with you. He is with you right now where you are in your situation. In conclusion, I would just want to wind it up with prayer. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you so much that you came and died for us on the cross. We know, Lord, we have not been faithful. We have not been grateful with the many things. On our journey, Lord, to the promised land, sometimes like Israel, we complain, we grumble when difficulties come our way. But today we ask you to come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We open up to you and commit ourselves unto you again. We ask you to help us in our difficulties, help us in our challenges, help us, Lord, to overcome, because in you we know we have already overcome this world. We bring before you the difficulties that confront us now. And we know you have already won the victory for us on the cross. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And we are glad that you made it. And I trust you've enjoyed hearing the word from Exodus chapter 17. Lessons from Israel's experience when they camped at Rephidim. We do look forward to hearing from you again and seeing you at our next meeting. God bless you and bye-bye from me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Exodus series. To find out more about City Hill, visit www.cityhillglobal.com. We'd love to hear from you.